Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is ARM. A-R-M. Really? You bet your life. It's Groucho Marx in You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood and brought to you by the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers. The dealers who have on display the outstanding DeSoto Automatic with fully automatic power flight transmission and the all-new Plymouth, your best buy in the low-priced field. And now, here he is, the one, the only... That's me. Well, here I am again with $3,000 for one of our couples. Uh, Mr. Fenneman, who's first? Well, Groucho, I'd like you to meet Mrs. Dory Martin and Mr. Dick Hubler. They both have some rather interesting experiences they'd like to discuss with you. So, folks, you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, welcome to your bet your life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you always have with you. Dory Martin, eh? Mrs. Dory Martin. What a shame. <laughs> Foiled again. Where are you from, Mrs. Martin? I was born in Philadelphia, Groucho. Philadelphia. Beautiful Philly from Philly, eh? Have you always lived in Philly? No, I, um, when I was three, my parents moved to Denver, and I called that my home. What did you do in Denver? Uh, Wish you were in Philadelphia? (laughs) No, I went to school there and uh, did some fashion modeling and some swimming, and my hobby was riding horses. Mm -hmm. I became an equestrian. Were you any good as an equestrian? Well, I did fairly well after I'd practiced quite a while. I became the undefeated Colorado State champion of um, three five-gated and hunting and jumping horses for three years. It's pretty risky, isn't it? No, not if you're uh, used to it. Well, if we can find a side saddle somewhere, would you care to go riding with me someday? I don't ride side saddle, Groucho. I know that, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're Dick uh, Hubler? That's right, Groucho. Or Hubler. How do you pronounce it? Hubler. Oh, Hubler. What is your hometown? I come from Scranton, Pennsylvania. What sort of work do you do, Dick? I'm a writer, Groucho. A writer? Really? What all have you written besides Home for Money? (laughs) I've written seven novels and uh, numerous magazine articles, even some poetry occasionally. Is that so? Is there any money in poetry? None at all. Dick, I'm curious, as an author, do you ever hear from your readers, or once the book is published, is that the end of it, as far as you're concerned? Well, you don't hear on books, but right now I'm hearing from thousands of them. You are? Why? Are they demanding their money back? Uh, No, but in the uh, February issue of Coronet, I wrote an article called Dogs Are Dumb. And uh, ever since then, things have been happening. They... Uh, it seems everyone... getting letters from dogs? Uh, no, but uh, I've been getting letters from dog lovers uh, demanding my blood and threatening assault and battery, offering they're, to they're... show me uh, their dogs are smarter than I am. They're pretty sensitive, dog lovers, huh? Yeah. You think dogs are dumb, uh, do you, really? Well, I have one myself. I, I'm very fond of him, but I don't think he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. His, uh... Have you ever discussed uh, you with him? Do you think that dogs are dumb, Dory? I wouldn't say they were dumb, no. Do you think uh, they're as smart as men? (laughs) And some men, maybe. (laughs) 
Well, course. let's compare dogs and people. Dory, can your husband sit up and beg? <laughs> no. Does he carry the paper in from the front lawn between his teeth? No. Does your husband ever jump in your lap and let you scratch him around the ears? No. <laughs> now then, does your dog jump on your lap and let you scratch his ears? Yes, he does. Well, that shows your dog is smarter than your husband. <laughs> I'd be glad to do what the dog does for you, but you'd have to get your own paper off the lawn. <laughs> Dick, I happen to live in Beverly Hills, and most of the dogs I see out there are well-behaved, intelligent, and well-groomed. Now, what have you got to say about that? Well, dogs in Beverly Hills generally are, are treated like people. I know, uh, for example, they're some poodles out in Beverly Hills that have what they call poodle parties. They, uh... There's some people out there that have poodle parties. <laughs> <laughs> These are exclusive dog parties, though. You mean the people are not allowed at all? Not at all. They have special birthday cakes of hamburger, hand-painted bones for favors. And they, they amuse each other with uh, their own tricks. Mm-hmm. Usually ends up in a brawl. To, uh... <laughs> Well, that isn't just confined to the dogs in Beverly Hills. (laughs) Have you got anything else to say about the Beverly Hills dogs? Well, a survey a few years ago showed that uh, actually there was more dog food sold there than there was baby food. What's wrong with that? In Beverly, they feed their kids dog food. (laughs) If you knew some of those kids, you'd understand why. Well, I've learned a lot about dogs tonight, and I think all the dogs who are listening certainly learned a lot about people. <laughs> now let's play your bet your life. You, do you understand the game? I think so. Fine. Well, I wish I did. Now, uh, <laughs> you selected literary quiz, and remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. Now, what do you want to start with? A $10 one, 40 80 100 70 70 70 Who wrote The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Uh... Robert Louis Stevenson. That is absolutely correct. You now have $170. Now, what do you want to do? What do you think? $80. $80? The Iliad is one of the two celebrated classics by Homer. What is the other one? The Odyssey. The Odyssey is correct. You now have $250. Sam, getting an education here tonight. Now you have $250. Now, what do you want to do? 90? 90? Who wrote Robinson Crusoe? Daniel Defoe. Daniel Defoe is right. Your bankroll now contains $340. You're pretty lucky to be up here with a literary guest. I know. Huh? There's your last chance to be the other couples. What do you want to do? 100. You can quit or you can go ahead. Let's try the 100. 100. Sidney Carton is the central figure in which of Dickens' stories? The Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two Cities. And you wind up with $440. Thanks and good luck to the Minnesota Plymouth You know, ever since we presented the lovely DeSoto Automatic, people everywhere have been asking us about one particular feature of this great car. Oh, sure, they wanted to know about Power Flight Fully Automatic Transmission and remarkable DeSoto full-time power steering. But they also wanted to know about another revolutionary DeSoto feature, DeSoto air conditioning. Well, here's the story. Fresh air is taken in through handsome vents on the sides of the car. It's then filtered, 
cooled and dehumidified by the air conditioning unit on a ledge in the rear of your trunk. This unit, by the way, takes up very little usable luggage space. Then the clean, fresh air is blown gently into the interior of the car. Stale air, odors, tobacco smoke are quickly dispelled, leaving the DeSoto interior cool and comfortable. And no matter what the conditions are outside, blistering hot or freezing cold, the temperature inside is always just right, just the way you want it for complete driving and passenger comfort. DeSoto air conditioning eliminates the need for blowy open windows, which do nothing but let in air filled with particles of road dust and dirt. And it's simple to work. Just one simple switch on your dashboard operates the whole system. DeSoto air conditioning is available on most DeSoto models as extra equipment. DeSoto air conditioning is just another one of the fine features and added conveniences that enable us to say and prove DeSoto puts you ahead automatically. Next, Groucho, I'd like you to meet Miss Deonto Farnsworth and her partner, Mr. Mel Morrison. Folks, would you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you always have with you. Deonto Farnsworth, you're very, very charming, huh? Thank you. What kind of a name is Deonto? Deonto means carnation in Esperanto. Esperanto? Oh, I used to go down there every summer and watch the bullfights, huh? <laughs> I think it's a lovely little town, don't you? There is no such place as Esperanto. There isn't? No. In that case, I'll have to find some other place to watch the bullfights. <laughs> what is Esperanto? Does it go over or under chili and beans? Esperanto is an international language that's meant as a secondary language to enable people all over the world to understand each other. It's uh, composed of the better parts of all languages. Hmm. What part of the English language did you use? Hello and yes. That's about all you need, right? <laughs> you can even skip hello. <laughs> Who are you again, if I may be so bold as to inquire? Mel Morrison. Mel Morrison, huh? Where's your hometown, Mel? I'm originally from uh, a little town called Nassau, Minnesota. It's oh. a small wooden shoe uh, Dutch community in Minnesota southwestern part of Minnesota, but I later moved to Chicago, where I spent most of my life. You changed your shoes, too, I noticed. Mm -hmm. I used to live in Chicago, you know. Whereabouts uh, did you live there? Uh, I lived down on the south side, right near the White Sox baseball park. Oh. In fact, I was practically raised in the ballpark. I, as a little kid, I picked up pop bottles, sold peanuts, later become an usher, gate man. In fact, I, I did everything in the ballpark but play ball. Mm. You were a good deal like the team in those days. Right. <laughs> what sort of a job do you do? What do you do now? Uh, I'm a crowd engineer. And, you uh, engineer I, crowds? Yes, sir. I head a firm here known as Mal Morrison's Crowd Engineers, and we furnish people for public events. You, uh, you furnish crowds, you mean? No, we just furnish the people to handle them. We... Furnish the ticket sellers, the gatemen, the ushers, the guards, parking lot attendants for all types of events, baseball, football, the uh, races, wrestling matches, the sportsman show, all types. Any well, who furnishes the crowds? Well, I guess that's up to the management or a good publicity man and a good show. Well, it sounds like interesting work. 
Tell us something about the crowd. Are they all the same? If you've seen one crowd, I suppose you've seen them all, huh? No, I wouldn't say that they were all the same. For instance, you wouldn't expect the same type of crowd that attends a wrestling match to attend the opera. No, I suppose not. I guess people who like grunting and groaning probably don't care much for screeching and howling. <laughs> Well, it's been very interesting talking to you two, and I wish both of you the best of luck in the future. Now, let's play You Bet Your Life. We start you off with $100. You try to run it into more than our other couples. Now, you select a general information quiz, and remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. In the race for the $3,000, the first couple won $440, and the secret word is arm. Now, what do you want to start with? Start with the 80. Okay. Okay, the 80. How much? The $80. $80. I said how much because I want you to talk up. Now remember, <laughs> one answer between you. Now. Okay. If Haviland suggests Chinaware, what does Fostoria suggest? Fostoria? Crystal? I have the slightest idea. Crystal? Glassware. I guess Crystal is right. Huh? All right. <laughs> well, you're off to a good start. Your bankroll now has $180 in it. Now, you can quit any time you want, or you can proceed. Now, what question do you want to start with? Go ahead with it. I can't hear 70. you. 70. 70. George McManus is the creator of one of the most popular comic strips of our time. What is it? Maggie and Jake. That's right, Maggie and Jake. You now have $250. 60. 60? What do you call the boats used in the canals of Venice for centuries? Gondolas. Gondolas. Gondolas or gondolas is right. You now have $310. And it's your last chance to beat the other couples. You can proceed or you can quit. Shall we go down to, uh, say, 30? 30. Okay, 30. Okay, whose picture, whose picture is on a $1 bill? Uh, George Washington. George Washington. George Washington is right. And you wind up with $340. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Well, Groucho, we invited some women who work for the city to our show tonight. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Mrs. Ida Cole. Her partner is a man with an interesting career, Mr. Joe Oakey. So, folks, would you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you always have with you. Mrs. Ida Cole, I'll start with you. Are you a native Californian? No, Groucho. I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the Avondale section. Is that so? Uh, you're married, huh? Yes, I am, and Groucho. What, what does your husband do? Uh, Groucho, my husband is associated with the May Realty Company as a real estate salesman. Oh. He sells income property in residential homes. Oh, he dishes date, in other words, huh? <laughs> and you're Mr. Jack Oakey, huh? Joe Oakey. Joe Oakey, huh? Are you sure you're not Jack Oakey? You're not sure, huh? Do you know Jack Oakey? I heard about him. I don't know him, though. Well, I'll call you Jack Oakey, huh? You don't care, huh? I don't care. <laughs> you can call me Joe Oakey, huh? Where are you from, Mr. Oakey? Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How long ago did this event occur? Huh? Uh, 1898, Groucho. 1898. Huh? Well, that, that makes you about 39, huh? Easy. Easy. <laughs> That's an easy 39. Are you married, Mr. Oakey? No, I'm single. Do you have a girl now? No, no. Have you ever gone steady with a girl? No. 
How long would you call steady? I mean, how long have you gone with a girl at one time? Huh? About three weeks. <laughs> three weeks? And in, in since you're 18, 19 years old, yeah, you never went longer than three weeks with a girl? Why not? Don't you like girls? Sure I like girls. You know anything better? <laughs> I, I don't know anything better, and I, I must say I don't know anything worse either. What sort of business are you in, Joe? Well, I'm a sort of a salesman. Well, that's certainly qualifying it nicely. Huh? <laughs> well, Joe, I'm not in the market for anything, but uh, out of curiosity, uh, what are you selling? Well, right now, I'm not selling anything. <laughs> that's the kind of a salesman I like. <laughs> a real live wire crackerjack salesman. <laughs> well, are you loafing now? Well, right now, I'm not doing anything. You're not? Huh? Well, maybe we can find a job for you, Joe. What sort of work have you done in the past? Aside from not selling anything. <laughs> what sort of work have you done in the past? Well, uh, uh, let me see now. Many, many years ago, I sort of took to the liking of the sea. I was a sort of a merchant marine sailor, Groucho. Oh, like Moby Dick? I don't know nothing about Moby, Moby Dick, but I... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had quite an experience, Groucho. When I was a kid, I signed aboard a, a cattle boat. Uh-huh. As one of the cattle or as the one of the... <laughs> As part of the crew. As part of the crew. Uh-huh. We had a lot of donkeys on there, mules. Was this the crew, the donkeys? No. <laughs> well, Ida, let's declare a recess for a moment and find out about your work here. Fenneman says you're with the city. What do you do, Ida? That's right. I'm a recreation director with the Department of Recreation and Parks. Well. And um, I have a center, one of the centers in the city. It's called the Marvin Youth Center. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we well, have could you direct some recreation my way? Where do you do your directing? Outside the pool hall? <laughs> no, we have, uh, we have a building that we have um, an auditorium where we have basketball and, and sports and dancing and such. Okay. I've been to the city playground, you know. I go no, down I there didn't. two or three mornings a week with my daughter, Melinda. She's only seven. And then she picks me up around five and I'm ready for bed. <laughs> What are some of the activities you have to offer at these playgrounds? Yeah, haven't you got something for fellows of my age group, like hopscotch? I mean, without the hops. Well, we, have, uh, we do have activities, and I think something you might be interested in is our weightlifting program. We well, have a lot I, of I men might. There. If they'd promise not to drop me, I'd be willing to uh, <laughs> I used to be a dumbbell at the local gymnasium. Joe, I've got my second win now. Let's continue your story. Now, what is your present ambition, Joe, aside from being first in line at the unemployment office? Well, I uh, kind of like to write jokes. You do? Uh, well, so would I, but I haven't been doing very well tonight, I must say. Well, just don't lose your place in line, Joe. Have you ever tried... Uh... Have you ever tried writing jokes? Well, I wrote about three or four jokes. I sold some of them to some big comedians, you know. You did? Like who? Like you. <laughs> you sold me jokes? Not you, but several big ones like you. I don't uh-huh. want to mention their names, you uh, know what I mean. I see. Well, I don't buy any jokes, at least not from strangers, Joe. I, I bought a joke from a stranger once, and after I got home, I found it had over 100,000 miles on it. This joke. <laughs> 
uh, the fellow who sold it to me said it used to belong to a school teacher in Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always like to encourage uh, potential Joe Millers or Mark Twain's. Joe, could you give us an example of one of your jokes? Well, uh, how much will you pay me? <laughs> well, that's a pretty good joke right there. <laughs> Joe, don't you have any free samples? Well, yeah, I got one here if you like it. it I'll right? tell you what you do, Joe. What? If if your joke gets a big laugh, yeah. I'll give you five bucks. Now you go oh, ahead. Oh, I'll let the audience judge. Well, this is a story about uh, an income tax uh, party who uh, paid his income tax. And... So far, it's not very funny, Joe. Well, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> no, but they finished with me. <laughs> and uh, he kind of figured that he'd had a rebate coming. And he uh, had uh, written a letter to the Internal Revenue Groucho, and they, uh, in turn, answered him uh, in this manner. They said, Dear sir, we're in receipt of your letter, and uh, you're right about having the uh, rebate, enclosed fine check in the sum of one cent. And he went over to the bank, and he said to the teller, I'd like to have this check cash. And the teller says, How do you want it? Heads your tails. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly got a bigger laugh than anything I've said tonight. <laughs> that's that's a. As a matter of fact, I sort of like that joke, Joe. Now, what are you what are your plans for the immediate future? How about the five dollars? <laughs> Well, Joe, it was it was so unusual to hear a laugh here tonight that I'm going to give you the five dollars anyhow. I'm going to frame this, but I want your autograph on there after the show. Well, I've been framed uh, for less. Than that. <laughs> well, it, it's been a, a laughable experience talking to you two, and Joe, I wish you lots of success in the future. Now, let's see how much money you can win. In the race for the $3,000, our first couple, Mrs. Martin and Mr. Hubler, are still leading with $440. You selected movie quiz. Remember, the more the question is worth, the harder it is. Talk up. $70. $70. For $70, what male star had his first big success a few years ago in the title role of Golden Boy? William Holden. William Holden is correct. You now have $170. Now what do you want to do? $80. $80. Who plays the leading role of the Mountie in the latest version of Rosemary? Howard Kale. Is it Howard Kale? You learned this in a playground in a river park? <laughs> I like to go to movies. Is that correct? Yes, that <laughs> is correct. Picture, Howard Keel is right. Huh? You now have two hundred fifty dollars. Take ninety. Ninety. Who played the title role in the Eddie Cantor story? Keith Brazell. Keith Brazell. Keith Brazell is right. You now have three hundred forty dollars in your bankroll. And here's your last chance to be the other couples. What are you going to go for? We we'll take a hundred. A hundred dollars. Who produced and directed Roman Holiday? Roman Holiday. 
I don't want to... Help it, Joe. Who Help. produced and directed it was um, William Wyler. William Wyler is right. <laughs> and you'll wind up with $440. Oh, you better give her a big hug, Joe. <laughs> huh? You know, I took a look at her. I said, you're smart. You do the talking. I don't know if I'm not... <laughs> You wind up with $440. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto oh, Plymouth Dealers. You. You're a smart guy. And that means that we wind up with a tie for the big question tonight. The couple was just here and Mrs. Martin and the writer, Mr. Hubler, with $440 also. And in just one minute, they'll all get a chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $3,000 question. Gacho, here are the two winning couples all set for the DeSoto Plymouth $3,000 question. We've given them each a card to write down their answer on, and of course, if both couples get it right, we'll split the money between them. All set? All right, here we go for $3,000. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully, and please, no help from the audience. Are you ready? Mary Geneva Dude, D-O-U-D, or Dowd, was the maiden name of the wife of one of our presidents. For $3,000, who married Mary Geneva Dowd? There's the writer's solution. This is President Buchanan. Yeah. No, that's that's wrong. What 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 is this? Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. That's wrong. <laughs> it is Mary Geneva Dowd. Is she's Mamie? That's Dwight D. Eisenhower's wife. That's a dirty trick, but that's the way it goes on our show. Huh? <laughs> so that means the big question next week will be worth $3,500. Well, you lost the big money, all of you, but how much did they win the quiz, George? Well, each couple won $440 well, in the quiz. Well, that's not too bad. Congratulations and thanks to all of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this same time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $3,500. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also brought to you by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember that the dealers who sell the outstanding DeSoto Automatic with fully automatic power flight transmission also have on display the remarkable new Plymouth, engineered and built to be your best buy in the low-priced field. DeSoto, Plymouth. Two great new cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember, just be sure to see the DeSoto Automatic. Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. When you stop, park to stay parked. Set the parking brake and remove the key. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jack Meekin. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You Bet Your Life is heard by our armed forces throughout the world.